0: Welcome to the Hatch and Curiosity Podcast, where homeschooling families cultivate innovation through curiosity, creativity, and critical thinking. I'm your host, Christina Hatch. You're listening to Season 4, Episode 1, A Natural Unfolding, which is a podcast episode independent of a specific series in mind, but something that I have felt really impressed to share with you all. I recorded this episode to share with you guys back in January. And so some of it has a lot of references to previous semester, which would have been fall, However, as I re-listened to it, trying to decide if I wanted to publish this podcast for you guys, I felt the beauty and the resonance of this message, even in the springtime season as we're finishing up the previous school year and going to end-of-the-year concerts and trying to wrap up our curriculum and get ready to head into the summer and maybe even starting to get excited about planning for the next year. I think that if you listen to this podcast with an open heart, that you guys will get a lot of value from that as you start going into your summer or start planning your next school year, that you can do it with eye to purpose as you start deciding what is going to make the cut for your next school year. So without further ado, here is a natural unfolding. So I'm going to start off by just telling you a little bit about what's been going on with me lately. As you may know, um, if you follow me on Instagram or get my emails, I took the last semester off from my business. And I did this for a number of reasons, the biggest of which was that I had been dealing with some medical issues. Uh, long story short, starting back in April, I started getting these um, what are called hemiplegic migraines, which if you're familiar with migraines, already know that those are our, just awful in and of themselves but the hemiplegic migraines um, actually paralyze at the right side of my body so that my face droops I can't use my hand I can't use my foot or my leg Um, it's kind of like that feeling where your leg goes numb and then you're walking on it so you're like aware that it's there but you keep like twisting your ankle because you have no control over it And it's pretty distressing when it happens. Um, Afterwards, I have kind of a migraine hangover, if you will, where I feel dizzy and weak and lightheaded. And that lasts for another day or two in addition to that. So with these migraines coming with increasing frequency, it was getting harder and harder for me to keep up with everything that I like to do. Um, But I kind of just brushed it off as, you know, most of us do when we (laughs) don't care more for our families than we do for ourselves, right? And I just kind of brushed it off. I'm like, well, this is an unfortunate thing, but at least we know what it is, right? Um, That was until this summer when I was out camping And I was standing next to the ATV with my husband and my best friend. And then all of a sudden, I felt like somebody hit me in the side of the head with a baseball bat. It was just a sudden and severe headache that dropped me to my knees. And I literally thought that I was dying for about a minute. Um, I felt like... I don't know, like I was having an aneurysm or something. It was terrifying. And so after that happened, it was a big wake-up call to me that I needed to take my health more seriously and address what was going on. And so that started a big, long journey for me. And one of the treatments that was prescribed to me was that I needed to cut down on my stress. I was like, what's stress? My life's wonderful. I love doing all the things. But there was a level of stress that I wasn't even aware of just from trying to keep up with my business and my co-op and my homeschooling and my homesteading and my family and our family trips that we had going on and, 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 and. And my life was so full and I loved it, but physically it was stressing my body out to the point where it was starting to shut down. I needed to take a step back. So I let everybody know on Facebook, Instagram, all the social media, everything, that my shop's still gonna be open again, but I needed to take a break and step back. Not only did I back off of my business, but I also backed off of co-op and other outside commitments and tried to really bring myself back home and take it down to where I just needed to handle the day-to-day while I figured out what's going on with my health. So as I did this, I found myself searching and I wasn't quite sure what it was I was searching for or what I was needing, but I realized that I fill so much of my time with productive activities as a way of feeling purpose. Like if I could just create enough learning materials, plan enough curriculum, serve enough people, then my purpose would be filled. And I know that I'm not alone in this either. Most homeschoolers I know are ambitious or go-getters in one form or another, at least to the extent that we are willing to homeschool our kids, take control over their education, and make it happen for them in whatever way that looks for us, okay? And that alone is (laughs) being a go-getter, even if you feel like you're not, if that description doesn't fit you, okay? But in addition to that, we want them to have a life full of experiences. We want them to be well-rounded. So we run them from place to place to place until we haven't been home for four days, and all they've had to eat is Pizza and McDonald's, especially during soccer season or football season or whatever your season is, when you're running them to three or four practices a night, and then you've running them to their games, and then you've got multiple kids in different sports and music and all the activities. Okay. We plan too many classes and we feel overwhelmed by failure when we can't get them all done. So even if we're not running from place to place to place we're still overscheduling what we're trying to accomplish in our home, where we're trying to do all the subjects, or we're just trying to just have that complete, well-rounded education with every box check. And then we just feel like a failure when we can't check all those boxes. We feel like we need to have a clean house, and homeschooled kids, and engaging posts on Instagram, and nice clothes, and healthy meals, and, and, and. And we go, go, go trying to do it all and be it all. And at the end of the day, we feel exhausted. I don't even need to ask if you relate to some or all of this, because I know that you do. This definition that I'm describing here has been the defining description of motherhood in modern America. When we're on top of it though, let's be honest, we love that high, right? That high of having empty hampers, or everyone commenting and heart emojiing, our ancient Egypt class where we mummified a chicken, or when we have a really good hair day and just look good and post it online, and everyone's like, "Dang girl, what shampoo do you use?" When we actually pull it off, we feel like a boss. And so we keep reaching for those moments. I place so much of my worth on pulling it off. My purpose was rooted and being productive so when that was taken away I felt oh I felt like this sense of loss I mean what do people do who aren't doing all day there was another part of me though that was enraptured with the idea of coming home I've kind of felt it calling to me for years and I kept putting off that feeling of needing to recenter and reconnect with my home and my family until I was physically forced to. Now that I had to stop, I could feel the pull of something new calling to me, like Elsa in Frozen 2, (laughs) where I was the only one that could hear that song, and I wasn't sure what it was, but it was like magnetically attracting me. And as usual, I was endlessly curious. I don't know how I pictured this semester off, but I tried going in with as few expectations as possible because if i went and layered up all these ideas of things i was going to do with my time off and just filled that time back in i wasn't going to change anything i would be just as stressed as i was when i cut it all out and so i tried to go in with very few expectations and very few plans if you will i did imagine that there would be more painting and curriculum design and all these creative outlets and things that i like to do when i do have spare time but incredibly I never picked up a brush or turned on the computer. There was also a lot more tea and yoga pants than I ever saw coming, but the time I took was incredibly healing. I did take some time for Skolay, which if you've heard me mention it before on this podcast, it's essentially the mother culture of Charlotte Mason education or the continued lifelong learning being modeled in a classical framework. There's a really cool podcast called A Sisters that dives more deeply into this concept, but the idea is to continue to seek out learning and new experiences as a mother so that you can be the best educator for your children and model what it looks like to love learning. This isn't hard for me because like I said, endlessly curious, right? But during this time, I took the opportunity to do a deep dive into something that has always held my curiosity. I had always wanted to learn about Taoism, which is an Eastern religion that focuses on man's connection to nature and himself, and honoring the natural rhythms and cycles of our life. The concepts of yin and yang are a major part of the ideology, as they refer to harmony between seemingly opposing forces, but my favorite concept was that of wu-wei. Wu-wei directly translated means inaction, or the act of doing nothing. Which, by the way, was really fun to discover that there is a phrase in Italian, which I finally started making some progress on as well, that means the sweetness of doing nothing. La dolce far niente. This concept seems to be somewhat un-American. The idea that doing nothing could be a virtue instead of a vice, but everything in its season. If you're going to lay around on the couch staring at Facebook, you're not actually grasping the concept here. It's not about being lazy, but about appreciating the natural unfolding of the day around you. It's about being fully present. In Italy, that may look like taking longer dinners, where they enjoy smaller portions. Their recipes are so simple, and they really focus on using quality ingredients and letting those ingredients speak for themselves. They appreciate art and family and ritual. This slow appreciation of what is in front of them is a beautiful thing. But Wu Wei takes it even a step farther. It's not just doing nothing, but in some cases, it's the effortless action when things need to be done, meaning in layman's terms, to go with the flow. Do what needs to be done, when it needs to be done, without imposing your will upon it. By being still, you're able to see things more clearly, and then act more decisively when you do act in a way that's not going to be rubbing against the gears, acting in contrary to what's the natural flow of the situation is. In modern terms, by being present, you learn to act more intentionally. Wu Wei is about aligning yourself so that the right season and the right time, instead of trying to control the timing and direction of everything that happens in your life. Learning this concept, I decided to put a test to it in my home. Since worst case scenario, I had no other outside commitments, and if it didn't work, I could always make up time later. But what happened was no short of miraculous. On a typical day this last semester, we would get up whenever we woke up. We allowed ourselves to sleep as long as we needed to sleep and wake up when it was time to wake up. Now, I did pay attention to when my kids were waking up and still tried to wake up before them because, as I mentioned before, that is like the key <laughs> to a homeschool day, right, is being up before the kids. So I did still try to wake up before the kids, but it was wonderful to let our bodies get the rest that they need without having to follow that clock. And once again, I know that doesn't work in everybody's situation. However, if you have opportunities to do that, it's kind of wonderful to resync sync your, uh, what are they called, circadian rhythms with the the light and the season but we would sleep until we woke up then we would make breakfast and we would do our morning basket and then we would go on and do our more structured subjects and just kind of follow along in the pattern like that but what was cool about it was instead of trying to get everything done every single day and stressing out about the fact that we didn't get math done that day for example we kind of went with what the rhythm of that particular day was. So if it was really cloudy and stormy and cold, we would snuggle up under blankets and do longer read-alouds with the kids. And maybe our day that day was about watching documentaries and doing read-alouds and connecting as a family. Whereas another day, I pulled out some math manipulatives and my boys became obsessed. And so we just did math on that day. But instead of trying to control everything and have everything go according to my plan, I tried to be more open to following what their interests were and what the rhythm of that particular day was. And so instead of following necessarily a schedule, it was more along the lines of the Waldorf concept of following a daily rhythm instead. We were focusing more on connection and then I intentionally left room for stillness, which meant... For the first time in a very long time, my children could walk up to me because I would be sitting on the couch with a cup of tea, looking out the window or reading a book. And because I was a parent to them, you know, available, even though I've always available to my children, they can interrupt me anytime and I will be there for them. It doesn't always appear that way to them, right? If I'm working on my computer screen and I'm doing my business or if I'm packaging orders or if I'm on the phone with another mom trying to coordinate a meeting, I doesn't look like I'm available to them. But to them, when I'm sitting there with a cup of tea looking out the window, that appears to them that I'm available. And what happened then was just honestly magical sometimes because I was available to them They would come up to me with picture books. They would come up to me with big questions about philosophy or about growing up or about things they didn't understand or were mulling over in their minds and we would have really amazing conversations. By leaving room for stillness, sometimes it was truly just a quiet time in our home where the little boys were playing with Legos and my older son was reading and I was reading and there was a candle burning and it was a real beautiful like huga type feeling. My boys and I had time to kind of think and reflect on what we were learning. And our minds had time to rest, which is where they actually go and start making those interdisciplinary connections. In addition to that, they had time to play, which was kind of wonderful in and of itself too. One of the concepts I really love from the Wild and Free Movement, which they have a really cool podcast and conference and everything. You guys should check that out sometime if you're interested, is about reclaiming childhood reclaiming that time for them to actually be kids, leaving time for wonder and for us to be able to have the joy of witnessing it. Additionally, it's a really good practical life skill for the kids to know how to be comfortable with their own thoughts, to know how to be still or meditative, to know what to do when they get bored. And learn how to entertain themselves and their own minds without having to have, you know, constant entertainment or activities or assignments um, put upon them. When they get bored, some very, very creative and sometimes alarming things happen. (laughs) Some of the things that they built were just impressive to me and some of the messes they made... (laughs) Took a little longer to clean up than I would have normally have allowed when my schedule was busier, but we had time to do it. And working alongside of them, instead of you go do this, you go do this, you go do this, it was a lot more feeling of community and family as we did that. And it was so amazing to me to see how my days were filled with just living, but it wasn't a hurried or rushed or stressful type of living. It was a contented, natural, simple flow. During this time, I felt really connected to my children and also myself. I started to remember who I was again. And I started to kind of redefine who I wanted to be going into this next chapter of my life. I also felt more connected with the earth, which is, you know, I guess a granola-y type thing to say. But the fact of the matter is I get seasonal depression every winter to some degree or another. And this is the very first year in my life that I have not had that. And I attribute part of that to the fact that I eliminated a lot of the other stressors in my life, but then also part of it to the fact that in my new home, I have windows in every room. I rarely turn on my lights because we get so much natural light in this house. And I was able to look out and feel like, this, these storms and clouds and weather and snow and all of that was just a part of my living space and a part of my rhythm and kind of reconnect back with that again. My cup was just running over with love and meaning and purpose, which was fascinating to me because I wasn't doing anything. Now, I get it. If I were to like live in this beautiful zen bubble forever, then I would miss out on amazing experiences. I would miss out on connections with my friends and my community. I would eventually get bored and restless because of wanting to have a creative outlet and wanting to contribute to the world. And I couldn't stay in this comfy, cozy little winter bubble forever. And I'm not advocating that you do. But what I learned from this experience was about the natural unfolding you can't force open the bud of a flower but if you give it time it naturally unfolds into its splendor in its own time you can't make spring come any faster i've looked into it it's not possible but you can learn how to see the beauty in winter I have awakened to this whole beautiful, quiet, restful part of the year that I had just survived before, waiting for the newness and energetic sprouting of life that comes with spring. Not only did the feeling and culture of my home shift, but I started to see my second child in a new light. And he really has started to bloom. You see, he always does things on his own time and only when he is ready to do them. So I would often feel very frustrated or concerned because I was imposing my timeline on what he quote unquote should be doing. Stepping back and watching day after day unfold with him, I started to understand a little bit more about how his mind works. And honestly, I think it's kind of a beautiful thing. He likes to really understand things and then make his move when he's feeling confident. Taking time to let things unfold naturally at their own pace He has felt loved, secure, and free to explore, and has made leaps and bounds in all areas of study. I'm teaching my youngest and him both phonics right now, and I absolutely love that my youngest is fearless, and he will just go for it. Try a letter. If it's wrong, I'll tell him the right one, and he moves on, trying to memorize him as he goes. (laughs) But he always just jumps in head first. My middle child, though, pauses and thinks for a long time before answering. Honestly, sometimes he gets a little distracted and forgets what he's doing, but for the most part, he just wants to feel secure and sure before he speaks. This means that learning is a longer road for him, but it's on his terms and in a way that works for him. And I love that I can see this now and actually appreciate it. The way the different subjects layer and support each other, the harmony of action and inaction in our school day was just a beautiful thing. Not feeling rushed and hurried made homeschool feel more meaningful, rich, and full of purpose for me. It hit, made it feel sustainable and natural, and all the little elements that we have been working on over the last couple years started to unfold in beautiful and sometimes surprising ways. I did finally realize, though, that I couldn't stay here forever, as I mentioned before, now that I'm finally stepping back into this new semester, I reopened my shop, I re-signed up for co-op, and I'm starting to step back into quote-unquote the real world, I realize that the stressors are going to come. But this experience has taught me that I need to meet each season where it's at and do what needs to be done when it needs to be done. Now is a really great time to read a ton of books. Spring is a really great time to be out in nature. Summer is a really great time to work on house projects and gardening. In Christian terms, everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. Learning to live in harmony, not necessarily balance, I think is the key. There will be seasons where I just don't read out loud to my kids because we don't get home until late and we spend the whole day outside working. And that's okay. There will be seasons where I forget to go outside for a week. Outdoor time and read aloud times are not balanced in these seasons, but they are in harmony with our lives by allowing a time for stillness. We enjoy the perspective that comes with the act of doing nothing by being still. We can see the forces and seasons outside of our lives and act efficiently choosing what is worth spending our time on and what is worth letting go of for me. Soccer is something that I have decided to let go of. My kids get their physical, sportsmanship, teamwork, and strategy needs met in other ways. And I get to keep my fall evenings because they are worth more to me than the three practices a week and Saturday games are. But that's just me. You may take out the homemade meals. You just got to do whatever works for you. And you don't know what is worth it to you and what isn't until you step back and look at what the natural flow of your home is. And then once you've done that, do you like the flow of your home? Do you like the feeling in your home? Do you like the direction your home is going? What small course corrections can you make? Where can you let go of your ego and your plan and let things unfold naturally? I promise you will be pleasantly surprised if you carve out even one afternoon a week to purposefully not have plans. Stillness is a powerful teacher. One last idea I want to leave you with, and it's the very first concept that you learn in Taoism, which is that the Tao that can be spoken is not the eternal Tao, meaning that words are inadequate to describe the life-giving energy force and flow of life that we are all part of. Anything we can say is wholly insufficient, and honestly, that's how I feel about this podcast. The beauty... The calmness, the serenity that comes with taking time to be still and having the humility to trust and let things unfold naturally is entirely understated. I had a hard time trying to decide what to tell you about this time that I took off or even if I was going to talk about it at all. Um, like something has shifted in my soul and I can't quite articulate or even define what it is yet. That mystery honestly is beautiful in its own way too. As someone who is endlessly curious, it excites me. But what I will say is that learning to let go of my expectations and how to be comfortable with stillness has had a profound effect on my home. Mothers, you are a powerful force and you set the tone. And being open and available to your children and honestly even to yourself can be a very beautiful and powerful thing. It does take courage to do this because we do get our purpose from our productivity oftentimes. But I think that it is worth the time um, and experiences lost I guess if you will the opportunity cost that you have by saying no and closing your doors and staying home sometimes and I highly recommend carving some time out to discover this for yourself if you are fortunate enough not to be forced to when I had that uh, near-death experience this summer, or what felt like a near-death experience at least, I had to step back and think about my purpose and the meaning of my life. And for me, I found that my purpose is living a beautiful and full life and sharing that beauty and joy of this incredible world with others. Life is short and wonderful. So, as always, until next time, stay curious. And maybe once in a while, be still.